With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And welcome here to the post-signing day edition of Husker Online Headlines. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, 39 new roster additions for Matt Rule and the Huskers here uh, with this 2023 uh, class now in the books. Lots to talk about, lots to get to here in Husker Online Headlines. Uh, No better than to start with the head man himself, uh, Nebraska head coach Matt Rule uh, joining us here on Husker Online Headlines. First of all, Coach, uh, congratulations. Uh, I'm sure just to get to this point uh, of the recruiting process, to get this first class done, a lot of these guys on campus, it's got to be a great feeling. Yeah, you know, um, uh, when we first started, I, you know, with the new rules and the ability to, to not decide more than 25, never would have anticipated that uh, it would have kind of moved this way. But it's really a lot of credit to to the coaches that we have, uh, the recruiting staff that we have. They, they put a lot of work in and I think we were able to identify some guys that are going to be able to help us. Coach, uh, it's a question that we get a lot in recruiting coverage. When you just look at just the the, the freshmen, the, the younger players coming in, what what is a realistic goal of just how many of these guys could contribute maybe more than the four games when, when you look at your history with kind of integrating freshmen into a football team, especially in a year one situation? You know, I always feel like it depends on how good the, the, the team actually is. Uh, I, I, I don't think about redshirting anyone. I bring everyone in and I let them compete. And um, I hope you'll find the kind of the way that we practice, um, the amount of competitive stuff that we do, you know, ones on ones, twos on twos, threes on threes, the amount of you know, game situations. It gives guys an opportunity to show what they can do. And um, uh, uh, if you have a really good team, sometimes some of the guys, they play a little bit early in games and then they, they really don't want to play. <laughs> you know, they're kind of like, Hey, you know what, coach? There's a lot of pressure. I'd, I'd rather just kind of play my four games and, and red shirt the rest of the way. Um, sometimes it's better for a guy to play. You know, Jalen Petrie's tearing up the NFL right now for the Houston Texans. Um, set a record for uh, rookie safeties. We played him his first and second year. Then my last year at Baylor, we redshirted him. He played four games and we redshirted him because it was the best thing for him moving forward. So I think each one's a case by case basis. But there's some players that you know, we've already said to ourselves, hey, you know, we're hoping that they play. We're bringing them here to play early. Um, just, you know, who, who exactly that is, uh, you know, it, it'll kind of depend on how they play and how they practice. Joined by Coach Matt Rule. Of course, you bring in 11 transfers, guys from the transfer portal. I, I suppose most of those guys are expected to play. Now, yesterday you covered a lot of ground. You said something and you said it kind of quickly, but it really caught my ear, Coach, about Eric Gilbert. The transfer, tie, the transfer tied in from Georgia. Your, your quote was, "He's as talented a player as there is." Now that, you know, he's a he's a big tight end, six foot six, two sixty, listed. What's that picture look like? It really was a, it kind of was a provocative statement. Yeah, he's probably 280, 285. and um, oh, is that right? He runs like he's two thirty. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, he's he's one of the more highly recruited kids, you know, a couple of years ago, and so, you know. Um, he, he's got ball skills. He's athletic. He's physical. Um, you know, just things haven't worked out for him so far. And so I think for our job here is 
to help him, you know, the football part will come, just help him do all the things it's going to take to have it work out, you know? Um, and again, I don't, I don't know everything, so I have to get to know him better. And I think it's just a process of, you know, sometimes when players have a lot of expectations put on them, um, they have a tendency to every day is like too anxious, you know, this, yeah. I'm trying to teach these guys, like, just worry about today, man. Don't worry about yeah. where you're getting drafted or, you know, everyone expects me to play. Just, just worry about today and getting Eric and getting all the other transfers, just integrated into the system, getting them, getting them to know the guys here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, that, that's really our, our deal, but Eric's, Eric's really, really talented. Coach, when you look at just the quarterback, you didn't, you didn't bring a high school guy in, obviously you, you, Jeff Sims, a transfer, uh, you confirmed yesterday that Casey Thompson and Logan are going to be out with their shoulder issues. What kind of opportunity now does Jeff Sims have? Um, just the reps he's going to get, you know, when you kind of move into the spring uh, with just some of the injuries and other situations you're dealing with there at that position. Well, I'll say first, I'm really excited about the the quarterbacks. Okay, you know, I know Sat uh, recruited uh, Richard Torres a little bit in South Carolina, so you know, I, I even today I'm here, I'm watching. Some of these guys, I'm watching their high school huddles and comparing them to who we just signed. And again, I'm on this relentless quest to put guys in the right position to be successful. So I like the quarterback room a lot. You know, I, you know, I think Heinrich's got some real talent, a real skill set. Um, you know, uh, Chubba, you know, I've, known, I've watched him for you know a couple of years. I think he's got a lot, a real good skill set. So they're they're going to get reps, and we'll have you know we'll have those guys out there, and they'll have a lot of opportunities. Jeff, uh, I, I've watched Jeff. You know, I watched him at Georgia Tech. I know the character that he has, the football brain that he has. And um, mm-hmm. when you take a guy that's that dynamic, that that's explosive, and the leadership capabilities he has and the brain that he has to want to play football, I think the sky's the limit for Jeff. And, uh, you know, he'll have a lot of opportunities this spring to to really master the offense and show what he can do. Along those lines, Coach, <clears throat> what about the returning starter, Casey Thompson? What is your expectation for him, I guess, this spring even, when he's not available, but then going forward? Yeah, I, I don't have expectations for anybody um, uh, just because, I th- as I said, like I, I think guys, I, I just want to give everyone a kind of a clean slate. You know, uh, okay. when I watched Casey play last year, I thought he played really, really well. I thought he was um, I thought he was making key throws at key times, shows elite timing in the passing game. Um, you know, he's just got to get healthy. Uh, the, the unique thing is that with a new offense, there's going to be so much learning that, you know, uh, in a year where you really can't do a ton of spring ball, again, what can they do? Maybe they can do some passing drills and stuff like that, but where you can't truly go out and compete, there's a lot of learning that those guys all have to do anyway. So I think this will be a really productive time for Casey and for Logan um, as they, you know, as they kind of come back from injury. But I think Casey's an excellent player. But, again, you know, we're going to be the type of program. I don't care. I don't care who got recruited where. I don't care how guys got here. I care about what they do when they're here. Mm. So for me, it's not about what anyone's done in the past. It's about what they do moving forward. And uh, you'll—I I guarantee you—you'll probably see walk in my tenure here. You'll see walk-on starting. You'll see, you know, I mean, where they were recruited, their stars, all those things. That's all in the past. It's all about what's what's happening moving forward. Um, as a total aside. We got some guys walking around that walked on here that you know are, are training with with Corey down there right now that look big time. They look like look right. like some good looking players, and so um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give them all a fair chance and, and let them compete, and then they'll decide who plays. I, I, there's another comment you made yesterday that really it's fascinating to listen to you talk about the offensive line. You said you said yesterday I think the previous staff did a really good job with the big guys, the O linemen. Now, coach, that's not necessarily the sentiment of media fans maybe you've heard it maybe not but what 
do you see in that group that maybe others don't? Well, I, the comment I made, I, I was referencing yesterday uh, was, was about the, 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 the kids that were already committed. Okay. You know, so like Brock, Gunner, Sam, you know, I really like that group of guys. Okay. Um, but that being said, you know, you know, if you watch, if you watch the, you know, I was studying last year, like our, our counter cut up from last year, I think they ran 28 versions of counter old school, you know, yeah. Up double team on a front side, go kick someone out and they average six yards of carry on it. Is that it's right? so easy. It's so easy to say, Oh, it's the O line. Oh, it's the O line. It's just, it is what it is. Right. It's so easy to say that, but like, you know, there's a responsibility from, there's a responsibility from the quarterback, from the receivers, from the running backs, from the tight ends to help the O line. But there's more, there's a responsibility from the coaching staff <laughs> to have an identity of like, Hey, don't tell me what we can't do. Tell me what we can do. And so, I'm not saying anything bad. I just think it's so easy as a coaching staff to sit there and be like, hey, we're not good enough up front. I have no idea how good we are. I think there's some players there I really like. I like, like I said, there's there's like I'm walking around, there's a – I walk by Dylan Parrott, you know, a walk-on offensive lineman, and I'm like, man, I would I would kill for him at some of the places I've been, watching him move and how big and strong he is. I haven't seen him play yet, so I can't crown him. I'm just saying there's some guys with some talent. Um And I just don't want to take the easy way out. You know, I don't want to sit here and say, oh, we're not good enough here, we're not good enough there. I, I said when I first started this, this is a this is a long, arduous journey. I'm glad that people are maybe a little bit excited that we were able to, you know, create some buzz in recruiting. But they're they're all just 17 or 18 years old. We got a lot of work to do. Uh, but I just met the staff did a nice job. I liked the uh, committed old lineman when I got here. Okay, thank you, Coach. Uh, when when you look at you know you're, you're putting together your staff and all your people around you, I think one of the more intriguing hires you made was Dr. Susan Elza from the UIL in Texas. Um, we didn't get a chance to ask about her yesterday. I'm curious, just what is she going to do for you? What brought you to this hire? And uh, just on the surface, from I mean, it's it's a really unique, uh, big time hire in a lot of ways. Yeah, well, you know, I I, I think Susan's a rock star, and um, what I wanted to do this time around, you know, because there were a lot of people that had been with me for a long time and had gone different places, and some of them stayed in the NFL and some went to other places. I just wanted to hire difference makers in different areas. Uh, to make sure we have an elite program, you know, top to bottom. And I got to know Dr. Elza, you know, during my time at Baylor, you know, she was in the UIL. And I'll just tell you guys, you know, I hired Bob Wager, I hired Garrett McGuire, I hired Josh Martin, some different guys with Texas ties. When I was out recruiting in the state of Texas, the only people people talked about was Susan. Right. She, you know, oh my gosh. Well, she, I mean, she's the person that dealt with, you know, the 12,000 Texas high school coaches. <laughs> she's the one that when they had a complaint, when there was a, when there was a, something happening, when they, I was talking to one coach who was talking about, you know, they wanted to use their own own headsets in the state championship game. And she called him and she said, absolutely not. I mean, she's a lion. She's awesome. And so I tried to take her to Carolina. Um, I mean, like, so this isn't like a recruiting thing. Like, oh, she knows the high coach. She's just elite. And so I tried to take her to Carolina. That didn't work out. When I got here, um, it was able to work out. So I, I was able to have Sean Patton, who Sean has been with me forever as like kind of my director of football operations, kind of in the role that Susan's in. Um, he's kind of moved over into the general manager, you know, heading up all personnel and all the different facets of that stuff. And then Dr. Elza, um, now Susan is going to now handle all sort of like the football administration operations, um, kind of chief of staff role. So really, if you look at it, besides the football coaches, there are kind of the two people, uh, you know, that report directly to me and, and they have their own areas. And, um, I think for me to get her was awesome. Interesting. Thank you, coach. Now, one more from me, coach, if, if, if I may, you, what, what has it been like for you to get to know coach Osborne and what led to him, to you choosing him as the keynote speaker for the football camp? Um, 
Well, I mean, I, I just, I just, I just thought about, you know, in, in future years, we'll probably bring in like, you know, an NFL coach or, Hey, you know, I thought this year, every one of our assistant coaches will speak. Okay. The clinics to me are really, really important because how you do your clinics and camps sends a message to everybody about how you run your program. It can't just be thrown together. It can't just be okay. slopped together. Right. And a yeah. lot of clinics I go to are slopped together. So we are going to take ours really, really seriously, you know, um, so every coach is going to speak because I want the coaches in Nebraska and, and I'm assuming coaches will come from bordering states. I want them to hear from all of our coaches. You know, we have a young staff, so young staff can look one way until you hear them talk football. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, he's a football guy. So um, that was key to me. But I, I never thought, you know, about having a guest speaker other than, you know, I asked Mike Lombardi, who wrote Gridiron Genius, who's kind of been a mentor to me, who's awesome. And then I took a shot at Coach Osborne. And I just thought like, you know, I had a chance at the Outland Trophy to sit there with him and, and he just talked to me for like an hour and I you know, talked about football. You know, we talked about um, we talked about the option. We talked about first and second. We talked football. I had a chance to talk to Coach Solich one day for like an hour and a half. And we talked really? about like offense and we talked about, you know, I'd gone against coach at Ohio University. And, you know, we talked about how he had made the change from sort of like the I formation to more of a spread type offense, but it was still the same principles going back to coach Osborne. So I'm just kind of a football junkie and hearing from coach Osborne, hearing from coach Solich was amazing. And um, so coach Osborne has been unbelievably kind to me when he stood up at the Outland trophy and said, he thought our staff was doing a good job. Like to me, like that was, you know, I don't need a lot of validation <laughs> that that was validation that I really appreciated. So um, I just, I saw him speak at the Outland, you know, coaches, you know, soft-spoken and Mm -hmm. and uh unassuming and they got up there man and he just crushed it and i was like wow like you know what an opportunity for the coaches in nebraska to hear from coach osborne because uh you know it's really important to me that this spring is not about me right the clinic's not about me the spring game's not about me it's about nebraska and it's about the players that are here first and foremost then it's about the former players and former coaches. It's not like I played for Coach Osborne, but I played for Coach Pellini. We played for Nebraska, you know. And so I want in some ways to get as many people here as possible that want to come here um, and be it, you know, come to practice and be at the games. And so Coach Osborne to me hopefully signals that to a lot of people. Well, Coach Rule, uh, we know you're very busy and we really appreciate the opportunity to get a chance to catch up with you. And congratulations again on, on a great recruiting season. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right. All right. We'll Talk soon, Thanks, Coach. Coach. Yes, sir. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us well that was fun yeah let's get on the headline wow. number two let's react to kind of what we heard from matt rule um as we got really the first local crack at him in terms of you know a, a local outlet getting a chance to um, yeah. you know speak with coach rule and a lot to digest there couple things right off sean there's a quarterback competition and it's and it now it you tell me what you heard but i heard wide open wide open yeah and and the the, the thing that it's going to be hard to figure out is the reps like in the one camp starts in August. Cause we know in April, May and June or March, April, May, Casey's not going to get reps or with the ones be able to throw live. So what will the summer look like? 
And then what will camp look like right. as far as divvying up reps with the ones? Because mm -hmm. to win a job, you got to get reps with the ones. Mm -hmm. And, you know, are they going to split those reps mm -hmm. when camp opens? I would assume yes, but it's hard to say. Right. And we, and unfortunately, we don't see that. Um, so you're just going to have to ask a lot of questions. Now, I know you are now he did give a fabulous answer on a topic that's very that you're very interested in Dr. Susan Elza. Right. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what did you hear from that? Well, the fact that your takeaway, she Sean. deals with like the 10,000 coaches in the state of Texas and, and just her she level does. of leadership, you know, the Nebraska's got a lot of money, a lot of resources to do whatever they want to do. Mm -hmm. And we've seen a lot of coaches here go in different directions on how they build the staff. And this, to me, when you look at the amount of revenue, Nebraska football is bringing in, the level of importance it has to the state. You need an important person to run details and they've got it now. And you know, like he's got his regular guy, Sean Patton, who's always been with him and he's going to be more on the personnel side, but just from the detail and the overall operation side, you know, I thought, you know, Susan Ells is going to have a huge role. And I, I look at it as like, she's probably coming here knowing that maybe she could be a college AD. Yeah. Maybe she could be a senior women's administrator. Um, you know, I, I think she probably has, long-term goals like this is my first step to becoming an athletic director at another division one school or, or something else down the road yeah what it, i agree with all of that sean the other thing that screams to me is what rule is doing now you tell me if i'm wrong but this is what i like it's kind of like what he said about putting together camps you don't want to you don't want to slop together a june camp uh, or this spring coaches clinic. You don't want to slop that and, together because it's reflective of the program. Now, where I'm going with this is he is building this in a big time way, something that is befitting of a very tradition rich Big Ten school. That's that's what I like about it. I've been a little critical of of coaches here in the past that that I don't know if they always treated it like it's a like what treated it like it deserved, like what it is. And he is. That's that's what Dr. Susan Elza represents to me. A lot of what Matt Rule is doing, that's what I see is he's treating this like it should be, which is a big-time, tradition-rich program run by a CEO, him, but other CEOs along with him. That Because there's a lot. There's a lot. When it comes to running this program, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of nuance, Sean. Well, and I've been around the camps and the clinics here for the better part of 15, 20 years. And some of those details of the program had kind of slipped. Um, I will say this though, Sean, I was there in June with you. I thought those camps were well run. Yeah. Sean, but I thought they were well run. The, um, the level of player at the camp had slipped, but how much is that due to just the way recruiting is gone? Some of that. Yes. And you got to get younger players there. Um, but just talking to other people that kind of have been at other places that, worked the Nebraska can't they you know they, they could be a lot better I mean okay Mike Riley give him a lot of credit they ran great camps mm -hmm. but recruiting was different the early signing day hadn't existed yet yeah, so that's true it's but the clinic side of things too though if you run you know a half you know what clinic it, it, it gets around it gets around and coaches coaches like this is a waste of my time and it got to the point where coaches only wanted to come to the clinic to basically watch practice. And let's be honest, coaches, when they go to the clinic, they want fellowship time with the Husker staff too. Like they want to go, 
you know, have a beer with the staff and, and talk to them casually, sure. not on a stage in a clinic type setting. Um, so I, I, I do, I'm, I'm intrigued, um, how that's going to be you mentioned NFL people like Zach Taylor's a no brainer, like next year's clinic, not this year, but the next year they got to get like someone like Zach Taylor. Here, yeah, and I'm we'll sure see. Zach would do it. Yeah, I'm sure he would. The other thing about the, our discussion with coach rule is what he said about Eric Gilbert, which he does not, he, he is very forthcoming, Matt rule, very forthcoming about Eric Gilbert's talent. Eric Gilbert, the transfer tied in from Georgia. Now, what he said was really intriguing. He he said Gilbert right now is 6'6", 280, 285, but runs like he's 230. This is a very intriguing discussion because you pair you could be pairing Eric Gilbert with with Thomas Fedoni. Now, Sean, if if they realize their potential, Nebraska's never had a tight end duo duo like that. No. Never. If if they realize their potential, now that's the big. This part could of make it. like Austin Allen and Vokalek look like nothing. I mean, like <laughs> oh, yeah, those guys are really good NFL yeah. tight ends. But if this the, could be Iowa like, like these guys have NFL potential. The, right. the key word though remains potential. potential. Yeah, yeah. And but it was fascinating to hear Matt Rule say that Gilbert is six six two eighty, but not he wasn't concerned about it. No one is. You know, I've got a good contact at Georgia and. His it's funny. Matt Rule said the exact same things. Yeah. This guy told me. He goes, "Oh, that's no big deal. He still runs like he's two thirty. That's exactly. What that's Rule exactly said. what Rule said. Right. It's like so. I I think everybody, you know, understands the big picture. Just like Xavier Betts, like you know, he's been away for a year, but no one I think is worried about him getting back into shape. It's more, you know, getting his academics right, getting the other things needed to be in place for him to be a football player. Yeah, Corey Campbell. We'll take care of getting those bodies right quick. Now you and me getting in there, it'd take a little bit longer. Oh, not, maybe not you. Yourself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, hey, listen, Sean, we wouldn't make it through a winter workout. No, a Nebraska winter. We would literally, we would literally not make it. One one time, Dave Kennedy, when he was the strength coach, and you know, we had a little bit more access in the summers back then, and I made a joke about um, doing a workout with him, and he just looked at me and he goes. I'd freaking kill you. Yeah. Like, yeah, that sounds like Kennedy, by the I mean, way. And he had, he had an edge to him. Yeah, he did. Like he, he, did. he wasn't messing around. Well, big thanks to coach rule. I mean, I was, uh, we have a lot there. So more to write. You're a podcast listener and this is a podcast ad reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. All right, let's get on to headline number three, the spring game, spring game tickets. Uh, spring game went on, tickets went on sale yesterday. Hopefully by the end of the week, we'll get a really good snapshot of kind of where those sales are at. Right. Um, you know, April 22nd spring game. Do you think this thing has a chance to be sold out? <laughs> God, it's a good question. Things are going well. You can tell that fans are like they're on board. There's this, there's always this now nowadays, there's this sort of halting optimism. You know, you don't want to go too far in because we've we've done that. You know, we've done that as media core. Uh the fan base has done that. God, I'd like to think so, Sean. I'd like to think it could get close. I if you're if you really pin me down on it, no, I don't expect a sellout. But sixty thousand plus, yeah, 
That would be great. Okay, too. here's one for you. Last year's spring game had 53,000 fans. More than that. They'll top 53,000. Yeah. So I think they'll top 60. And 53 was like the lowest number Nebraska had had since the spring game became what it did in, under Bill Callahan and C. Peters. Right. And the buzz last year was not – there was no buzz. Well, then, then they didn't tackle. Right. right. There was no buzz. Now, what – you heard Trev Alberts maybe already kind of start to push for a big crowd on his statewide radio show, Trev Alberts, the Nebraska AD, when he said it'll be football this year. He said it in passing, but, man – a lot of people noticed that Trev Albert said, and the spring game will be football this year. I think the AD wants it to be football. Now, now, okay, that's the AD. You got a head coach who's got there's there's gonna be, hey, Sean, there's gonna be depth issues at certain positions. So you really gotta balance that sort of you want this steak dinner, you want you want it bloody red, but I don't know if we should do that. You know, I don't know for sure Boy, if we should go full force into a a full force football scrimmage and if you're if your depth is a little suspect at a few positions well and if you were say scott frost a year ago and you knew your job was on the line are you gonna like risk losing guys in the scrimmage key guys right key guys because you want to appease a spring game crowd so it is a delicate line and the nebraska spring game is such a unique animal i mean there's only like three or four probably comparable to it. Ohio State obviously would be up there. Alabama, to an extent, is sure. up there. Georgia. Um, those are the only other ones. Oklahoma will draw here and yep. there. Penn State can. Some of these places like Michigan, they don't even get 20,000. <laughs> not even close. Michigan's not even wasn't even close to that. It wasn't. I don't think this year. Iowa doesn't even do like a um, – I've been to an Iowa spring game. It's a it's a, it's a a Friday. They do like a practice. It's oh, like, no, no. They did a Saturday scrimmage when I went. It was like 2011 or 2012. It was a Saturday scrimmage, but there was 15,000. Friends and family weekend pretty much. <laughs> kind of like that, yeah. <laughs> now, Ferris was struggling at that point, and there was a lot of tension. But, yeah, it wasn't a big crowd. I was there, Sean. I was there for it. Yeah, that would be interesting just to see like where it's at. At weeks in, are they over twenty? Are they over thirty thousand? Well, hey, we promised to update that. That was your homework for the show. I got caught up in some things, but um, yeah, we'll promise to update that by the end of the week. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. Okay, headline number four now. Uh, let's talk transfers in this group of 11, the impact this group might have uh, for Nebraska. And, you know, I want to just – let's just fire through these names. And, and yeah, kinda, fire through. And let, let's just kind of give realistic thoughts on, on the group. Art Gilbert, I think we both – Eric Gilbert, I think we both agree – He's got a great chance to be not maybe not a starter, but for sure him and Fedoni featured together, right? Yeah, it's I mean Matt Rule's doing nothing to play it down. I mean, there's off the field, you know, everybody has read about Eric Gilbert understands that there's some things away from the field that have to be tended to. But think about it. he he was with hey, Eric Gilbert was with Jake Pete at LSU. Jake Pete is in Matt Rule are close. Jake Pete, the former Nebraska you know, he was a long snapper. Um, Pete, I'm sure, was a guiding force in this. 
So there's, yeah, I think Eric Gilbert's going to be a factor. MJ Sherman, when I look at him as we're moving down this transfer list, uh, 6'3", 250 is what Nebraska listed him at yesterday. Um, you know, my question is, he, is he a true edge? Is he an inside backer? Like, how will they feature him mm-hmm. on this scheme? But I, I do, I pencil him in as a projected starter. I do too. That, what you hear from the SEC, oh, scouts, coaches I know in that neck of the woods, the question with with MJ Sherman is, will he get all his explosiveness back from a knee injury he suffered in high school? That's well, that's that's what you wonder. But yeah, Sean, they brought him in here for a reason. He's got he he's going to get every chance to be a factor. Corey Collier, uh, moving down here, safety out of University of Florida, 6'1", 180. I don't have a great read where he's going to factor. I just know he's walking into probably the the most experienced position group. Um, so for me, it's hard to say like he's going to beat out in any of those safeties unless Buford's not fully recovered from his injury. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll have a chance. Uh, but Corey Collier you know, where he fits will be something to watch too. Yeah. He doesn't have to necessarily be ready to roll, but he, yeah, that's a, that's more one that could be kind of a wait and see, maybe be patient on Elijah, Judy, got lineman got to play out of Texas A&M six, three, 300 pounds. Um, I look at him as kind of a Colton feast, uh, Devin drew replacement at that point, you know, like you, yep. You know, sign yep. and replace. He's got to. Right? Re- he's got to be ready. And he's here, and that, that's the difference. Devin Drew um, was not here for the spring. Oh, last came in year. in mid-August. Stefan Wynn was not here for the spring. So I do think there's a real advantage with Elijah Judy uh, being here, where he's going to be a rotational player. I'm not saying he's a starter, but he's going to play 30, 40 snaps a game. I think. When did Drew get here last year? Was it? Mi- I said August. mid-August. August. I don't know if it was quite mid-August, but no, it was- no, no. Yeah, he missed the first week of camp. Did he? Like he only had like 10, 12 practices before Ireland. So he probably, yeah, he got here in early August. So the reason I remember this is we had those two photo days. Uh-huh. His like second or first practice was one of those first that that second photo day. And he wasn't in full pads. No, he was in shorts yeah he was still in acclimation period so he didn't start getting into practice till well into august as mark banker would say that he was running around in underwear yeah so yeah no it's big that judy's here and judy is one you definitely point to i would think and yeah you got to be ready you got to ready be ready to roll all right jeff sims versus casey thompson sean callahan versus steve sipple round 12 we're going to go back and forth on this i think jeff sims is going to have an advantage coming out of the spring with the reps he gets. Now, I know Casey's going to get a chance, but we talked to, to Coach Rule about Jeff Sims. Um, I I think, you know, if there were like a Vegas odds board, I think he'd have the slight edge to be the starter, not knowing anything right now. I, I mean, I can't necessarily disagree with you. I just hope that Casey has shown the respect he's earned. Not the respect he deserves. The despe- Well, he deserves it, but the respect he's earned. He's Casey's earned. It's not, you're not projecting anything, right? I mean, you saw what he did. So yeah, I just, I just hope Casey gets that respect. It's going to be difficult to watch these guys in the spring while he's rehabbing a shoulder injury. Uh, I can't imagine that would be comfortable for, for Casey. Um, that will be fascinating to follow that. Okay. All right. Moving down the list, uh, Josh fleeks out of Baylor Cedar Hill High School, same high school as Joey McGuire uh, was the head coach at. And then uh, his son, obviously, Garrett, played there, um, was a teammate of his at Baylor. 
Uh, now Garrett McGuire is his coach at Nebraska. Uh, I look at Josh Fleeks as probably a top six guy, a rotational player, because he's not coming here as a six-year grad transfer if he's not going to be in the rotation. That's my opinion. Rotation guy. That's Rota what I think. Now, I don't know if he's a starter. I think he's a rotation guy. Yeah, that's what I think. Um, Chief Borders, Edge. Just don't know. Florida. Just don't know. Um, you look at Chief Borders and kind of what he brings to the table. My question is, where does he stack up compared to Blaze Gunnarsson and Jamari Butler? Mm -hmm. is, is that's he, the question. That's, 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 the, that's the discussion right there. Then MJ Sherman. I believe MJ Sherman is the better of the two. Well, um, you're going on the, nothing, though, because how do you evaluate Chief Borders? All you can do is look at Florida special teams tape. That's really all there is. And, and Sean, you just can't. There's not much you can judge from that. All right, moving down. Jacob Hood, 6'8", 345, Georgia transfer out of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, can Jacob Hood contend for the right tackle job? I, I think we're both on the same page here. I think he's a developed guy. Yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's basically a freshman. He didn't play last year as a, a redshirt freshman. freshman. Yeah, so it's it's it'll be his first year of action. So, yeah, I don't know that you you should expect him to come in and win a job. I've heard I've seen people project that. No. I'm sort of surprised. Like, I mean, he, he would have to beat out a guy like Turner Corcoran or Bryce Benhart that have played a lot of snaps at this level in the Big Ten. I don't. I wouldn't look at him like I don't look at him like that. I was told too, like. Fran Brown, who you know has the contact to Matt Rule because they they coach together. Fran Brown's a defensive backs coach at Georgia. Um, you know he basically said like, yeah, this guy you know needs work, developmental guy. Like so, you look at that recruiting class. So there's only one offensive lineman in that class. Uh, Nebraska signed a year ago, so they needed more numbers. They did. Um, I mean, it was startling to me that like the the first year of Riola last year. Um, they only brought in three new linemen, and that was a key area of need. And Kevin Williams and Hunter Anthony were two of them. Mm -hmm. And then the third one was Justin Jenkins, mm -hmm. who is the smallest lineman on the roster. Yeah. Um, how about Matt Rule, too, saying he wants 16 scholarship linemen? Right now they have 15. Okay. So they're still under, which tells you, my friend, they're going to probably try to get one more from the portal if they can. Yeah, and you know, we had limited time with Coach. One question I would like to ask him is how – how challenging is it right now to go get a offensive lineman out of the portal that's really capable of starting? I, it's, I can't be. Easy. I wanted to get it in, but when I heard his um, his calendar ding. Oh, did you hear that? Well, yeah, on his thing, you know, busy people have meetings on these little on their calendars, you mm -hmm. know, on their uh, email calendar, and I, it sounded like he had a ten fifteen. So uh, we had to get coach off, and um, you know, we got to talk to him for an hour, um, and he was great. Yeah, he was. Um, all right, let, let's move on. Three more transfer names. Ben Scott, Arizona State, uh, two-year projection guy. He's a center at 6'5", 300. You know the deal. Yeah. Uh, he's the starter. Yeah, I right. think so. I mean, he's got to go win the job. He well, who, who's he going against? Ethan Piper? Piper. Yeah. But Piper's a guard, too. Well, Piper can play center, and he has played center at this level. But, no, they brought Ben Scott he's in. He's a starter, him. period. <laughs> okay. He's got. He can't come in sloppy. I mean, he's got to come no. in and win the job. Well, he's not going to come. No, in. he's a, he's got Columbus blood in him. Steve yes, Simple. he does. Strong Columbus ties. All right, uh, Billy Kemp, the fourth. Well, boy, he's got to play. Um, five nine one eighty. He's had two seventy plus yard reception seasons under his belt at Virginia. Um, he's returned several live. And you know, I think Simple the um, the return element of kind of what he brings to the table is is really interesting to me too because um 
you know, he, he's a, a very proven return guy. He's got 192 catches for 1,774 yards as a receiver. Um, but he's also uh, fielded, um, he's fair caught 76 punts and had 64 punt returns. So he's been involved in, you know, 130 punt returns. Yeah. Matt Rule, forget what we say about Billy Camp. Matt Rule yesterday just said they're going to look at him as a return man. And, Rule also said something that, I, that I've said about Billy Kemp a few times, and that is he looks like a slot guy. He looks like a prototypical slot guy at five foot nine, one seventy two. But if you watch Virginia tape, they didn't always line him up in the slot. They line him up outside. Sean, he's not a prototypical outside guy because of his size. But they, they, God, they. I mean, Virginia used him so many different ways. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. He's a pretty tough runner. The only critique I would have that's that you would maybe judge as negative is he doesn't really explode through contact. He's a smaller guy. Um, but he battled some injury this year, too. Yeah, but he's fast and tough. I'm not saying he's not tough. He's fast and tough, but that size, he doesn't get through. You know, if he's if he runs into contact, it's he goes down. But he's hey, Sean, he's gonna get the ball in his hands a lot. And then one more transfer, Marco Ortiz, the long snapper out of Florida, uh, clearly being brought in to be a one-year starter long snapper. Um, one thing I heard interesting, though, about special specialist recruiting under Ed Foley, they're not necessarily big on offering a guy in high school. Now, Alvano was a different deal. Number one, he's a great kicker. But Tristan Alvano. Uh, no, well, Tristan Alvano. Alvano. He had the offer previously, so they honored those situations. Mm. But I think in their perfect world, they want to make sure a guy wins the job before they put the money on the guy. Because if you put money on a poor freshman kicker, or like, okay, oh, let, yeah. let's use an example of Mauro Bondi. Okay. Mauro Bondi. Former Nebraska. Going back. They put, a mon- they put money on him. Going back to Callahan era. And he couldn't win the kicker job uh-huh. back then. Uh-huh. And because then they had Drew Brown come in. And mm-hmm. then Sam Fultz beat him out for the punter job. Yeah. So then you had this scholarship specialist Mm -hmm. um and then what was the one that hit the michigan state game-winning field goal but uh caleb pickering or barrett pickering barrett pickering injured himself evidently in a golf accident (laughs) don't hear that never got healthy sabotaged the season in 2019 yeah because they couldn't kick god that's a good point sean um 2019 i mean they had they, they took a they took a kicker from lead belly as a waiter and, yeah, and then they wanted him to come back the next year. I already forgot. And he his decided name. he didn't want it. He, said, he decided just want to work at Lead Belly. He, that's a true story. That's a dead honest truth. He, he just decided I don't want to play. Well, then they had another kicker who I think his dad was like the the doctor for Matt Davison and his wife when they had a baby, and his son joined. I mean, they were pulling kickers out of the bleachers yeah, that, that, that year. That, it was again, a disaster. It's not what you want. So it will be interesting. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. To see. All right, let's get on to our final and fifth headline, simple. Nebraska coaches will start learning about this team now. Where should they start? as Matt Rule and his staff have been around the pro, the, the guys now for these winter workouts all week? Well, the easy I think the easy answer's got to be the QB room. you got to learn all you can about 
I mean, Sims. Richard Torres is up. They, they're. Yeah, he mentions Torres, doesn't he? Rule mentions Torres. Satterfield recruited him to South Carolina. Tried to recruit him. Tried to get him there. You got to find out about that room. You got to find out all you can. You got to find out all you can about Sims. Um, they know a lot. I mean, they know a lot. But listen, if you're Rule today, Sean, and you're going down and watching winter conditioning, I'm watching the quarterbacks pretty close. I'm watching all all elements of it not just the workouts, how they get along with the players, how they get along with the cooks in the training table, at the training table, how they get along with everybody. What's what? How do they carry themselves? I think you watch that really close. And you're watching Casey too, you know? And I bet you Casey puts a pretty good picture out there. I mean, Casey's not going to mope around. That's not Casey Thompson. What can Casey do though? He can, he, he can, can be, be around. There. Yeah, he can be around his teammates. He can be a studying film um i would imagine casey's there every day because you know i know i know i get this tag as a kind of a uh, overly supportive of casey but you know he's down he knows he's at those workouts one and we're going to start this is the part now winter conditioning where stories are going to start coming out of how hard it's going to get and in the new staff yeah oh god and look they're i mean i'm not saying they want guys to quit but they're trying to see who wants to do this. I think that's the better way to put it. I don't like, think they're trying to get anybody but, to quit. They're just looking for – they're just looking to see who's all in, really in. Are you really in with us? So I think that's – Do you want to do this every day at this level? Right. If not, you got options. Yeah, and you, got and options. You, you can retire because of the coaching change and keep your scholarship and stipend if you just want to stay in Nebraska. And That's I think, important. Drive that home, Sean. And some of these guys, like, look, it's like, do I want to go in the portal and end up in the Sun Belt if I'm lucky? No offense to the Sun Belt. Well, and I don't want to, but or or do I want to ride it out here with the amenities and what I'm going to get at Nebraska? Well, there's somebody a, might, might there's, just want to ride it out. There, there's a pathway that allows you to kind of keep the scholarship and the the stipend, but not have to be a part of it because of the coaching change. So they have made it a lot easier where you don't have to go in the portal and you, I mean. There's some guys that have gone in the portal that have, you know, not found homes and right. that would be pretty stressful. Yeah, it would be. And it would be, it would relieve a lot of stress to know I can just stay at Nebraska and be taken care of financially because of this rule. Matt, Matt rule did address this, this Nebraska is at 103 scholarship players. They need to be down to 85 by August, August. He addressed it yesterday and what all he, he didn't seem concerned about no. it at all. He just said, there's, there's rule changes in college football that allow us to get to that number, not worried about it. And I honestly think it's as simple as like, hey, look, we have X amount of receivers on scholarship right now. After evaluating you in the winter, in the spring, we've got you down here. Mm -hmm. We're going to keep recruiting players over you Mm -hmm. because you're down there. Mm -hmm. We don't see you getting up there. Right. So these are your options. That'll take care of some players. These are your options. You could take the early retirement package, stay at Nebraska, keep your stipend, finish school, graduate, be around your friends here. Or you can go in the transfer portal. Yeah. And I mean, but we don't have a future for you in this program. Right. I mean, I don't know if he'd ever say it that way, but you, they know where they're at on the depth. Yeah. Chart. Like you have to shoot guys straight. Yeah. 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 You like you don't shoot. want to sugarcoat because no, there's you, a fine line, though. I've talked to coaches about this. You don't tell a kid to hit the portal, you know, that we don't have a spot for you. They just, they're going to know. 
They're gonna. Know. Or you could stay and and you're. They pro- might tell. Hey, by the way, I got to back up. They might tell a kid that that we don't really see a spot for you. But you got to be kind of delicate about. But it. yeah, your options are you can take this early retirement package or or you know look hit at the, the portal. portal. Yeah, or just retire. You know? Yeah, that, the early retirement pack. I mean, there there were four or five guys. Yeah, that's were. what it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I I mean, it used to be like when there's like cops and firefighters would get like a package at age like forty five and they could retire. Man, you're like thinking like you're like that would have been. Why was I a firefighter? Um. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Take the early papers. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see. Yeah. Just how that all triculates. I'm also intrigued about the clinic mm-hmm. now coming up and the camps. Yeah. Um. And there, there's just so much now to look forward to, and we've got a good you know, spring practice. Probably won't start until the week of March 20th. So we've got a good. 50 days until spring ball. Yeah, but it's fun. I mean, there's, there is, there's quite a bit going on and it's, I, you know, Sean, it always hits me that it's never dull around here. Like it's intriguing too. It's very interesting. Rule helps that like that press conference he had on Wednesday. I was, it was fascinating to me. A lot of that discussion was really interesting. Um, And then a lot of the discussion we had today adds to it. So there's a lot to write. There's a lot to think about. And that's what we'll be doing. And I said this yesterday to you. Um, I think Trev and everybody knew like Rule was going to be a professional and, and bring a lot to the table. But I, I think he's been more impressive in just these things now than anyone could have predicted. Right. As I said before, you want a coach who operates in a manner that's befitting a tradition-rich Big Ten program. And what I've seen from Rule so far, that's – that's what I like most, that it's that it's everything is in order. You know, I don't like I don't like the years. There's been years when it's kind of a freak show at Nebraska. There's kind of weird things happening that you're just like, this probably this doesn't look right. You know, there's a lot you can you can probably think back on things where you're just like, man, this shouldn't happen in a place like Nebraska. And I think with rule, I don't think we'll see a lot of that. I think he'll run a tight ship but not so tight that it feels paranoid. That's what I've seen so far. There's no doubt in my mind he runs a tight ship, but it, he doesn't, it doesn't feel paranoid to me, right? Uh, like, no. I, don't, I, I don't think he's the type of guy that will But create, he is in control. You know who's in control. Like, yeah. he... Oh, you know who's in control. I mean, he underst- He watches everything. Yeah. Like, like, well, like he said, he watches his assistant coach's news conferences. I'm guessing, I mean, I don't know this, but I'm guessing he probably watched a couple of these videos we've done to make sure he understood what he was walking into. <laughs> yeah, so be careful what you say, Sean. Don't don't be, you know, loose with your lips. <laughs> there might be a few guys we know that can get in trouble over the but hey, um, before we end the show here, make sure you get on huscarline.com. We've got a great uh special $29.99 get you access to the site through August 31st. Plenty of great content. Sipple is going to write. Um, some analysis and commentary from what we learned from Matt Rule. And Sip, what do you got for Sunday? Give us a little tease on the big... I don't know yet. Why do you do Ooh. this to me? Oh, I thought you knew. Uh, All right. Hold on. I might go... I might. You can always go to the QB discussion, which was fascinating today, <laughs> which was fascinating. Uh, could I thought maybe... Yeah, probably QBs, actually. Probably and then QBs. we have our in-state tour Sunday. Yeah. So I've got 16 local high school programs and their prospects coming to the Warren Academy from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Brian, Who are Mon- the prospects you look at in that? Oh, boy. Um, Did I put you on the spot? Well, I got a li- I, I could just go. But 
all the all the major Omaha area programs will have representation at this event. The um, Omaha North kid, you'll you'll that, he'll be a focus, right? Um, yeah, Tyson Terry Tyson will be there. Terry. So I got mm -hmm. Omaha North, Elkhorn North, Scott, Ron Colley, Elkhorn South, Miller North, West Side, Papillion Labista Central, Creighton Prep, Gretna, Millard South, Lewis Central, Benson, and Bellevue West. And I've coordinated and confirmed with all those guys. And so, how, now, and what is the setup? It's a media day. It's a it's a show. So we're getting the data, the information, the photos, educating them on the NIL products that they can have access to on their profile for free on On Three Sports. So when you get a profile now, we allow the prospect to take control of their page and then enter in NIL opportunities, their social media handles. Um, the prospect verification thing, and it's all free. It's, it's a really it's great yeah. resource that Shannon Terry on three have put together here because um, this is where it's all going. I mean, we we know that, and mm -hmm. we'll do another one of these in two weeks in Lincoln, uh, but Brian Munson coming up from Texas to help out this week, and Casey Fritton's going to be working with me. Greg's going to be there. Abby's going to be there. Blake. Really? All they're gonna, yeah, yeah, they don't need me there. Sa 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 these kids will be savvy, too. These high school. Oh yeah, they'll no, understand it, exactly. But what it's we're it's a it's a long day, but it's gonna be fun. Yeah, and we got I got the daddy daughter dance at Firethorn on Friday Sunday night, so, so I got to get back for that Sunday night. Yeah, you got cut a rug. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be fun. Yeah, that'll be fun. Well, hope everybody has a great weekend. Uh, thank you for uh, subscribing here to Husker Online. Like, follow us here on the YouTube channel. Uh, we also post the show on the podcast channel as well for Husker Online. Uh, make sure you log on to HuskerOnline.com as uh, we will keep you up to date with the latest. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Thanks for joining us.